from the Gift of Podcast Studios, it's The Delight Show, and here's your host, Matt Chappell. Thank you. Thank you. This is, of course, The Delight Show. I am your host, Man's Chapel, The Delight Incarnate. Thank you for being here with me again this week on our very first show on our own network. I've never gone solo on a podcast network before. I've done a solo show for three years over on Russell Attic Radio. More on them in a little bit. But this is my first show on The Delight Show Network. The Delight Show channel. Just me running my own uh, kind of thing here, and it, it's it's incredible. Um, if you're new to, if you just stumbled across the Delight Show, um, my name is Matt Chappell. I've been podcasting a few years, mainly about professional wrestling, but I wanted to branch out. I wanted to do something new uh, and talk about all the stuff that I love, not just professional wrestling, TV shows, music, video games, books, movies, all that lovely stuff. So I started. The Delight Show here. Now, if you are coming over from Russell Attic Radio or Rant with Ant Podcast way back in the day, last year, there is still a wrestling show. Every month, I am doing a show over on Russell Attic Radio, The Delight Show, talking about that month's wrestling. So, if you want to be a part of both, definitely want to follow... Anchor.fm slash The Delight Show and Anchor.fm slash Wrestle Addict Radio. And if you're a wrestling fan and you like what you hear here, you're going to like what you hear over there. There are dozens of podcasts. Dozens. There's half a dozen podcasts, but hundreds of episodes. You definitely want to check that out. You definitely want to see what, what's going on over there. The Kings of the Ring podcast, the Young Lions Perspective, the Game Changer podcast. They're all over there. They're all doing great. Once a month, you'll have me um, with The Delight Show. But that's not what we're talking about here this week. This week we're talking about TV shows. Uh, and I just read, not five minutes before going to record, that there's going to be a Tiger King weekly series. A scripted show. If you saw the Tiger King documentary, how the world could they do that? Who could possibly pay, excuse me, play Tiger King appropriately? I got two words for you. Nicholas Cage. Yes, it appears that Nicolas Cage has signed on to play the Tiger King. I can't imagine anything better. I just cannot wait for Nicolas Cage to bring his not-the-bees energy into the world of Tiger King. He's out. I want him out there in his skin-tight britches, two or three men, his blonde hair mullet, just smoking, cussing, shooting, and getting eaten by tigers. I, I think this is going to be... It's going to be wonderful. Now, you got to cast the rest of that show, and that's going to be your hard part. As they update us, I will absolutely update you. But, oh my gosh, I cannot wait for a little bit of Nicolas Cage playing the Tiger King. We're going to hear a message from one of the lovely, lovely sponsors of this show. And uh, then we'll be right back talking about our main show for the day. I'll be right back. Do you like beef jerky? I like beef jerky. A third of my diet is dehydrated meat. And while I've tried all the major store brands and all the major, major brands, I came across a new one recently called Kick-Ass Beef Jerky. Kick-Ass Beef Jerky is some of the best beef jerky I have ever had. 
It's got a little bit of a kick to it. It's got a nice chew to it, but it's not overly dry. It's not little shards of meat you sometimes get in those major brands. If you go to kickassbeefjerky.com, you'll find dozens of products, different flavors, different, not just beef jerky. They've got apparel. They've got Bloody Mary mix. They've got pickled items. And if you go there now, any item over $99 is free shipping. I'm not getting paid for this. I'm not getting product for this. I just found a great Great company and a great, great product, and I wanted you all to hear about it. So go to kickassbeefjerky.com right now and get yourself a load of their kick-ass beef jerky. And we're back. Um, no one told me life was going to turn out this way. My pod's a joke. I'm broke. My love life's DOA. It's like I'm always stuck in second gear. It hasn't been my day, my week, my month. Or even my year. But there's one show that's always been there for me, and that is Friends. Friends is my all-time favorite show of all time. If you don't know what Friends is, I don't know that I, that I can talk to you, but I'll be happy to try and explain it to you. From 1994 to 2004, Friends told the story of six 20s and, thir- and eventually 30-something-year-old singles living in Manhattan. How they loved, how they lived, how they how they succeeded at their jobs, and sometimes how they failed at life. I love this show. If there's nothing else on, I'll turn on Friends. This is my favorite show of all time. But what made it so great at the time, and does it hold up today? Well, let's look at it all together. FedEx is outside my window, so we're going to hold just one second. I'll be right back. And we're back again, and I'm sorry about that. Um, If you're new to my podcast, you'll know that sometimes I'm interrupted by life. Uh, Looking around where I am in my new studio, the Gift of Podcast Studios, um, I've got three windowed walls. I can see my front yard, my neighbor's yard, and behind me is my other neighbor's yard, although that house is empty right now. Uh, I live in the middle of nowhere. I'm in a tiny, tiny Kentucky town. So occasionally you're going to hear trucks go by. You might hear a lawnmower kick up. I try to keep that to a minimum, but mainly the things that will interrupt this show, my family. You may hear my wife, my children in the background. You may hear some lovely other people in the background. Regardless, um, they're just going to be part of the show. They always will be. They always have been. And going forward, just expect to hear a few interruptions here and there. Uh, my wife was very excited. She thought that, that FedEx was bringing her new cricket machine. It was not. It was something else, and she was very sad. But friends, friends, let's talk about that show. Let's talk. Let's break the show down. Unlike a lot of TV shows, six characters stayed the whole time, and we're not. There was no main character, although I disagree with that premise. But let's talk about the the show itself. Three men, three women. Let's break them down one by one. Let's start with Monica Geller. Monica Geller, the mom of the group, not the oldest of the group though. She. Uh, 24, 25 when the show begins, living in Manhattan. Kind of a crazy love life. One night stand here, one night stand there, looking for a long-term boyfriend, but never really finding one. Very neurotic, very must have everything clean exactly the way he wants it. Very competitive, to the point of being a little shrill, a little bit frightening to her family. Her twin brother, not twin brother, I always thought they were twins. Growing up, I always thought Ross and Monica were twins. Anybody else ever get that? Maybe not. 
Ross Geller, her brother, recently divorced, finding his wife discovering that she was, in fact, gay, in love with a woman. Although, to be fair, she was at one point in love with Ross, sexually attracted to Ross, and had a baby with Ross. So she must have been bisexual. But 1994, things like that were a little bit, uh, iffy? Let's say iffy, to say the least. Bi erasure was a thing back then. It's still a thing now, for that matter. Um, but his wife has left him for another woman. The, these two siblings start to show out there. Ross, uh, an intellectual. He's very smart. He's a he's got a PhD in paleontology. He knows doc he knows dinosaurs very, very well, and he kinda is the smartest one of the group. To the point where he sometimes bores his friends. Although they played up a little bit. Ross's college roommate, Chandler Bing. That's an interesting name, isn't it? Chandler Bing. The jokester of the group thinks he's funny, but is not as funny as he thinks. Someone who can't stand the pressure of life without making some kind of joke. Unlucky in love, but always trying. His roommate, Joey Tribbiani, an out-of-work actor who likes women and uses them. Let's just be honest. Trying to become all that he can be, but not very smart. At one point, he's called pretty, but dumb. Their other friend, Phoebe Buffet, a train wreck of a human being. Uh, her backstory includes her mother committing suicide, her father leaving when she was a baby. She lived in a burnt-out Buick Saber for a while. She had hepatitis because a pimp spit in her mouth. Uh, she was... She was uh, living on the streets and mugging people at 14. She never had a bicycle of her own, although that one seems really kind of minuscule compared to the other ones. But Phoebe Buffet, uh, an aspiring musician, masseuse, kind of a free spirit, uh, definitely a fun, fun person if you can get past all the weird. And as the show begins, that's your core group. There are five of them. But on the first episode, when Ross is lamenting his failed marriage, he says out loud... I just want to be married again. And who should come through the door in a wedding dress, no less, is Rachel Green. Rachel Green, the quote-unquote perfect woman, though I don't see it, um, comes through the door. She has left her husband to be at the altar, realizing that she's more attractive to a gravy boat than to her husband. She was getting married because it was what she was supposed to do. She graduated college with a BS degree, and started working on MRS immediately with Dr. Barry Farber, DTS. But she's left him. She has to get past him. And though it takes a couple tries, she moves on from him, moves in with Monica, and begins a new life. And that's the first episode. Over the course of the next 226 episodes, which I've seen all of them at least twice, and I've probably seen them all more than that, we see these people, and we see very quickly that this show is not about six people. Despite what the networks would say, despite what the stars would say, this show is not about six people. This show is about two people. Ross and Rachel. It's made clear in the first episode that Ross had a crush on Rachel when they were in high school. They all went, Ross, Rachel, and Monica went to high school together. Ross had a crush on her. Rachel's hurting, but not, and not ready to date, but Ross says, hey, would it be okay if I asked you out sometime? Rachel says, yeah. But he doesn't. He misses his chance. He waits a year, waiting for her to fall in love with him while she falls in love with a couple of guys, Barry again, a 
Fabio wanna be named Paolo. And when she finally falls for him, he's in love with somebody else. And they spend another half a year dealing with that. And finally, Ross and Rachel get together. And everything is good. And now you've destroyed the central premise of the show. And it kind of sucks for a little bit. They built a show around Ross and Rachel being together. And they couldn't help but blow their load of Ross and Rachel about 30 episodes in. I mentioned there were 226, right? What are they going to do for the next 196 episodes? Well, lo and behold, they had to build the other four characters. And build them, they did. Eventually, Ross and Rachel would break up and spiral this group into some, some great stuff. Monica goes from a little neurotic and a little bit competitive to this freak of nature who is strong, who is competitive, but who, more than anything, wants to be married and have a baby. She dates Tom Selleck for a little bit. Yes, that Tom Selleck. Not actually playing Tom Selleck. Eventually, though, she settles with the most unlikely choice, Chandler Bing. The story of Geek Gets the Girl is very good for me because I'm a geek and I love this show. Joey never settles with one woman, though he falls in love with a couple, Rachel being one of them and one of the more hotly debated storylines of the show. But he does become a famous actor. He starts starring on Days of Our Lives. He does a World War I epic movie with Gary Oldman. Now, this is pretty serious black Gary Oldman, so I didn't know who the hell he was. But looking back on it, I was like, they got Gary Oldman to be on that? That's pretty cool. Chandler, as I said, gets over his fear of commitment. He's He dates a woman named Janice over and over again until he actually wants to be with her. But it's too late. She's with somebody else. But he falls in love with Monica. Ross, getting past Rachel, uh, marries a woman named Emily, though he says Rachel's name on the altar. That's when Chandler makes his move with Monica, as you would. Your best friend just screwed up his whole marriage. I'm going to bang his sister. That's kind of what they did there. Phoebe grows from this free spirit, crazy person. She, but she uh, to a person who desires a relationship with her father that she never had. She finds him, but he's only in her life for one day. She finds her birth mother, who happened to be in a trouble with her father and her adopted mother, the one who killed herself. She has three babies. Not hers. They're her brothers. And while that sounds weird, she was a surrogate. It was no incest on Friends. Come on now. Except there was that one episode in season 10. We're not going to talk about that. Eventually, though, people end up where they're supposed to be. Chandler and Monica get married. Uh, somehow they're perfect together. They balance each other. It makes sense. Rachel and Ross have a baby. And despite what I grew up in, which is this southern town mindset of, you get a girl pregnant, you better marry her at least for a little while. Ross and Rachel don't get married then. But they somehow make co-parenting work, even though they're clearly in love with each other but can't acknowledge it. They date other people, but it just never seems to work out. Phoebe meets a man named Mike and lives happily ever after, though not without a little turmoil in the middle. Chandler and Monica struggle to have a baby, but end up adopting at the very end. The thing about Friends is, while it's stupid in places, while it's it's not realistic in places, it deals with some very, very real things. While Monica is trying to have a baby and can't get pregnant, Courtney Cox, who plays her, has had a miscarriage. Maybe two at that point. While Chandler Bing is dealing with trying to quit smoking, Matthew Perry is dealing with tons of addiction issues. While... Jennifer Aniston is failing a relationship on the show, 
or Rachel Green's failing at Reginald's show, it just randomly gets married. She marries Brad Pitt and divorces him, I think, within the course of the show. It's real stuff done by real people. I think that's what makes the show so great to me. Another part that I... One of the things I love so much about it growing up is that I am a small country bumpkin kid. I yearned for that city life, for that going out and, and dating and wanting to be one of these people. Because, again, where I come from, it's not like that. You find a, you find a girl and you date her all through high school and in, unless you go to different colleges, you stay together forever. God, that sounds terrible. I went to a Christian college, which means you met somebody that first week of Christian of Christian college orientation, you married that person. That also sounds terrible. I didn't do that. I went about my business. I dated. I dated a girl here. I dated a girl there. I broke up with a girl. I broke up with a girl. I had a nickname in college. It was Joey, because I was seen as someone who went through women like Joey did. It's not fair. I was just dating. I yearned to be one of these people. Somehow I became an amalgamation of all three men. I can't explain that. I'm, I consider myself an intellectual like Ross. I think I'm funny like Chandler. And I went through women in college like Joey. But I loved it. I loved the show. But, there, but I'm not going to look at the show through rose-tinted glasses. The very important question we must ask does this show hold up? And they, this very simple answer is, comically, yes. Socially, no. Because it, it was set in the 90s. And I can't excuse everything they do just say, it was the 90s, they didn't know better. Because they should have. But let's talk about a couple things that don't hold up in the show. Monica bangs a 17-year-old kid. That sounds like I'm making that up. But in season one, the one with the ick factor, Monica I believes she's dating a senior in college who is 22. She's 26. So, you know, it's not a terrible age difference. But after the first night they sleep together, Ethan reveals that he's, in fact, a senior in high school. He's 17 years old. Now, that wouldn't fly today. That wouldn't fly reversed. Um, if it was a 26-year-old man, a 17-year-old girl, we would have problems with that. But, you know, it was 1994. It's funny. The woman did, ah, things don't exactly hold up. There's a constant homophobia to this show. Not blatantly gays or bad, but any time one of the guys does something a little bit girly, the other two make fun of him like crazy. I remember an episode where Joey and Ross accidentally fall asleep watching Die Hard and end up snuggling on the couch. But they both discover that's a really comfortable way to sleep, and they struggle with the fact that they want to cuddle and sleep again. Friends can cuddle and sleep, can't they? Well, not according to the other four who discover them and, and make a big deal about it. Ross flips out because Rachel wants to hire a male nanny for their baby. Because it's weird. He's a man who's a nanny. It's like if a woman was... There's no good answer to that question. But the one that doesn't hold up most of all, out of any episode of the show, season 8's Thanksgiving episode, the one with the rumor. Brad Pitt guest stars, which, biggest star to ever be on the show, unless you count Danny DeVito. Biggest star that ever was on the show. He was fat in high school. Now he's not fat, so now he's important. 
He hated Rachel. Because Rachel made made his life hell. And he and Ross started the I Hate Rachel Green fan club. And while that's all innocuous enough, yes, fat, there is fat phobia there. And it's like, oh, fat people have no value, but you're hot now, so that's okay. At one point, Rachel uh, tells Ross he has to call everybody they went to high school with to apologize for something we're about to talk about. And, and Brad Pitt's character, Will, says, oh, can you tell them I'm thin? And Monica, who was also fat, and asks, oh, me too. Because they're only important to these people now because they're thin. But, as I mentioned, it was called The One with the Rumor. And here's what the rumor is to quote Brad Pitt. Your parents, uh, you were born with both male and female reproductive parts, but your parents flipped a coin and raised you like a girl, but you have a hint of a penis. And that provides the comedy of the whole so that Rachel was apparently being called, I don't want to use the word, we'll say intersexed. A person of both sexes. But definitely not, but definitely not 100% male and 100% female. As you see, I have a problem talking about this in correct terms because I am a cis male and I have no idea what I'm talking about. But she was claimed to be someone who has had both male and female reproductive parts. And apparently, everyone in their school knew. Ross and Will spread this rumor around. Monica knew and never even told her friend because she was afraid her friend would show it to her. Chandler, at a school in another uh, part of the city, also heard the rumor. That's really bad. It, it, it lessens Rachel because she could be transgender or... I don't know what the word is. But that's not where it stops. Because Monica reveals that Rachel also started a rumor about Ross. That he had had fooled around with the 50-year-old librarian of their high school. And Ross lets it be known immediately that that actually is true. I actually did that. And again, it's played for laughs that Ross, a 15, 16-year-old kid, was taken advantage of by a 50 year old woman because a woman took advantage of a man it's funny because she was old and he was young it's funny he was ha ha and I make fun of this woman because oh she walked with a cane and she wasn't pretty because she was 50 and first of all I look at everybody that was on that show now they're all 50 they're all six beautiful people still but they made fun of her and it's played for laughs that this kid was taken advantage of that and there's all these things about Ross that, that add up. And we'll, I'm going to do a whole episode on Ross Geller at some point. Because that man is a case study for, for traumatic experience shaping your personality. But we'll get to that another time. Now, this is all played for this, this episode that I thought was hilarious when I was 17, 18 years old is a freak show and a horror show. Because, and it was the 90s, except that it was 2002. But I digress. Does the show hold up comically? Yes. There are legitimately funny things that show that... Oh my goodness. They will, I will laugh till I pee. I will laugh until I cannot stand and feel like I'm going to throw up. But there are episodes of the show that just don't hold up anymore. And, and the one with the rumor is a prime example. Should you go out of your way to watch Friends? Absolutely. Find Friends. Watch it. Enjoy it. It's a lot of fun. There's great stories. 
there's a great it's, there's a great love story. It's not Ross and Rachel. It's Monica and Chandler, to be real honest. There's great stories uh, of friendship and camaraderie. There's great stories of learning who you are and becoming who you're supposed to be. All in friends. Yes, there are rough edges. Yes, they should have known better then. Yes, we know better now. But go out and watch Friends. You enjoy it. You'll have a great time. And you'll come back and you'll thank me for it. All right, that's going to bring us to the end of the very first Delight Show on my own network. I want to thank everybody who's listening. I want to thank Kick-Ass Beef Jerky for allowing me to, to just talk about them and promote them here on this show. Uh, I want to thank Wrestling Life Radio, where I got my start, and the Rant with Ant Network. And uh, Mitchell Monroe, who, who I started Gift Podcast with way back in the day. Um, I want to thank everybody who got me to this point where I'm doing a show not about wrestling. I'm doing a show about something else I love, and that's, that's TV. Uh, it, it, I was a latchkey kid. I watched a lot of TV. I watched a lot of TV. More TV than was probably healthy for me to be watching at any age. Uh, but we're going to talk about a lot of those shows. Next week, we're going to talk about Mothers. Uh, we are going to pass Mother's Day. We're going to talk about a show that I loved at first and hate now. Uh, and that would, of course, be How I Met Your Mother. If you've ever seen it, you know why I hate it, I hope. Uh, but we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about my mom a little bit next week, too. Um, have a happy Mother's Day this weekend. Have a good time. Uh, stay in. Don't go out for Mother's Day dinner. Uh, we're still dealing with all this quarantine nonsense. Don't go out. But do have a good time. Call your mom if she's still alive. If she's not, I'm there with you. Um, you can call me if you want. We'll talk. We'll shoot the shit. But that being said, let's have a uh, good weekend. I'll see you guys next week. Good night, everybody.